You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Either we win or we learn, and today we learn. Abdacha, Austin, Shabak Izabir. It's in field to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1-0. Blue fast shot. Oh, my word. It's unbelievable. He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markson. I am the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope you enjoy it. And let's be honest, if you are a Saints fan and you're not enjoying your morning, assuming you're listening to this on Tuesday morning or sometime on Tuesday, you're not enjoying your day, then something really bad must have happened between the 96th minute last night and and now. And I hope whatever that is goes away so you can enjoy the football that Saints are currently playing. You can enjoy the results. You can enjoy the performances. You can enjoy just being uh, a giant thorn in the sides of the teams that would expect to take three points from Saints uh, fairly often. There's really not a lot to to complain about. I mean, guys are tired. Yes, guys are running themselves kind of into the ground, but um, we're scoring goals. We are pressing. We are exciting to watch. Uh, Michael Obafemi, uh, two touches, one goal. You can Google that safely. Uh, and unlike you know uh, that thing that was out when I was in college. Um, but anyway, it, things are good, and and I hope that you enjoyed. It. And not that there weren't problems. Not that we didn't have players who made mistakes. Uh, now that we didn't have players who had a bad game, uh, that's all part of it. But uh, I just think that we're seeing something and hopefully I'm not getting too far ahead here, but it looks like things are starting to come together. Like the guys are starting to understand the system and the process and, and everybody's there and really I'm enjoying it. And I hope you are too. And um, thanks for being here to hopefully uh, enjoy more of the talk about those things. And to, to help me do that this week is Alex Hart. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Hart Garfunkel. Uh, you may have heard his voice before on Total Saints podcast. He was on episode 70 and episode 106. And those links are in the show notes so you can get to know Alex a little bit better. We didn't want to go over all of the same old things that we've already discussed there. So we focus a little bit on, on, on talking about football and the differences between uh, football or soccer here uh, at the collegiate level versus kind of what you see um, in, in the Premier League and things like that. And then we go on to talk about the Everton performance and the draw there before we go on to talk mostly about the draw at Old Trafford and, and just kind of what we saw. Uh, you know, I think the enthusiasm and the excitement is there because we recorded just shortly after the final whistle. Um, and, I, and I hope that you can uh, listen along and smile and uh, maybe come up with uh, some ideas of your own and, and let us know kind of what you think because we always do appreciate that. Um, if you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. It really does help other people uh, who listen to podcasts and then 
who may be looking for something about Southampton, find the show. It does really help uh, that. And um, really, I just I just appreciate it. And, and if you also are enjoying the show, you can sign up for the newsletter uh, that comes out each and every Friday. That'll be in your inbox on Friday if you sign up at southamptondelivery.com forward slash newsletter. But um, that is enough of all of this. You can go find Alex on Twitter, like I said, at Hart Garfunkel. And one more thing, I need to give a shout out to Carl Anker because the way Alex and I actually came together and found each other on Twitter was through the article that Carl wrote in The Athletic um, about American Saints fans. And it uh, turns out that Alex and I, we live about three and a half hours from each other, which is basically means in terms of American travel, we're best friends now. So uh, we'll talk about Southampton and their draw at United and their draw at Everton. We'll talk about Michael Obafemi. Uh, we'll talk about cushion headers from defenders, which is something that I really, really enjoy. And uh, I hope that you enjoy the conversation and we'll talk to you on the other side. I'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Alex Hart. You can find him on Twitter at Hart Garfunkel. The link is in the show notes. Uh, no stranger to appearances on Saints Podcast, but uh, Alex, thank you for joining me just, uh, I'd say, an hour or so after the final whistle from the West Coast of the United States. So we're going to make this all happen while everybody in the UK is sleeping and uh, it'll be out in the morning. But uh, welcome to the show and thanks for taking some time to join me. Yeah, thanks so much, Matt. It's a pleasure to be on and and definitely still still buzzing after the match that was a it was a fun one yeah yeah when, once again like when lucy came on uh you know just just recently it was one of those things where man you know you you agreed to do the city match and you agreed to do this match and it's like oh you know I, I never know how it's going to work out but i'm pleasantly surprised and uh well i would say that the beginning of the season i'd be pleasantly surprised right now i i, I kind of feel like that was coming like we we are a, a good team right now and and we showed it today in in for large parts of the game. I think. Yeah, I I agree. I think I, I would actually still say pleasantly surprised. I think I thought we would play well and make a good sort of account of ourselves, but we'd still probably lose in the end because Man U has been so hot recently. Um, but yeah, kind of once um, once Brandon Williams went went out and they were down to ten men, and we'd kind of started to look a little bit sharper. I was like, okay, this, this might happen. And then it did. So, you know, kind of get to enjoy perhaps being on the other side of that for the, for the first time in what feels like a long time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and they, they, Southampton looked tired for portions of the match where, and and we'll come to it because it's going to be part of the questions that come up, but they seem to have something in the end where they just kept going. And whether it's that substitution or the, sorry, the injury that, um, gives them the, the man advantage that really makes it happen or not. We won't know that, but they kept going. And I think that's something that we can be uh, happy with as well. So um, I'm, I'm feeling really good right now. And I'm hoping that uh, this carries, I, if the season ended today, I'd be, I'd be thrilled, you know, and I, I but I also think that we can carry it forward a little bit. Um, we'll, we'll see how Brighton goes. I imagine there'll be some, some rotation, I think, uh, but, but we'll see. Um, before we do that, you've, you've been on other, um, podcast on, on total saints podcast a couple of times and the links to those two are in the show notes because they get to know you a little bit better and we don't want to uh, rehash all of those things because people can go listen to it there. Uh, so links to those episodes are in the show notes. And um, I also kind of got to know you a little bit through the article that, that Carl did uh, in the athletic yeah. about, about the U S saints fans. So I, I do want to touch on a couple of things. I know you live in, in LA uh, right now, but you, you grew up in the Bay area and just, because my 
kind of connection and upbringing with the game of football or soccer, as we call it here, was was different than I think than yours was because you played at a fairly high level. Um, but can you just kind of like, how did you get acquainted or, or introduced to, to football um, living in the Bay Area uh, when you were when you were younger? Yeah. So I, I grew up playing as I think, you know, a lot of American kids do. Um, my dad's family is English, so he p- actually played in college. So kind of like, you know, played as a kid and, and was one of those kids who was a you know very competitive and athletic little boy. Um, so I, I quickly took to it, but, you know, I, I played other sports as well, but I kind of just worked my way up, you know, the, the club soccer ranks kind of in, in, in the U S okay. it just was kind of, it just kind of worked out that way. Yeah. I just remembered like my parents at one point took me to a tryout team and I made the team and kind of just was playing on at that level from that point forward. I don't really remember how I started watching to be honest. Cause I don't know if like you really remember, but it was like, um, was it Fox soccer channel yeah. in, the, in, <laughs> yes. in the early 2000s? So I, I kind of started watching some of that. Um, and when the world cups would be, were, were on, I would start watching, but it really felt like the, the premier league sort of coverage took over or took off when NBC started with it. Yeah. And that's kind of when I decided, all right, I, I, I never had a team growing up. You know, I, I had dalliances with other teams, which I, I won't name but I wasn't, didn't really have any real loyalty. And then after college was about when the NBC deal happened. I'd been pretty burned out of soccer. I played soccer in college, kind of reached that point of, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm over this. But when I got back into it, decided I wanted to have a team that I would support. That's when NBC's coverage was taking off and really took it to the next level um, here in the States. And, you know, decided I wanted a team and, Saints that first year they got promoted. So it, it all kind of worked out in that way. But yeah, it, it's something I kind of grew up with and, you know, could say perfectly timed with the, the rise of the EPL coverage in the U.S. And it right. just worked out. Yeah. Yeah. For people who don't know, uh, like the, if there's anything less professional than this show, the Fox Soccer Channel was it. Um, hmm. it, it was bad. The coverage was awful. And I only remember it kind of in passing because we didn't watch it really in my house, but uh, the the coverage was just so bad. It would just put you off uh, for the most part. And, and I think that's part of the reason that it, it, the game, at least to when it's competing in a household with traditional American sports, it, it just w- it wasn't enough to stick past the World Cups. And you would see this big spike in people kind of watching a little bit, but then those people all tended to gravitate towards the bigger teams and then it would fall off until the next World Cup cycle. Um, oh. you know, people... People enjoy Fulham because of the connection. People enjoy Everton because there are some American players there. But really, um, outside of that, it, it, it wasn't really uh, sticking, at least, you know, where, where I live. And then, you know, where I live in Southern California, we have a lot of people who come up from Mexico and to, to make uh, their life here. And they all support teams back in Mexico. So you see a lot of um, a lot of those jerseys going around, a lot of those kits going around. And I always get mistaken. The Southampton kit always gets uh, mistaken for... Uh, Chivas. Chivas, yeah, and and I get a lot of whistles and stuff, and I'm like, hey, it's a, it clearly says Virgin on my chest. Like, I'm not a Chivas fan, and they all they then they point and laugh at that. So it's all it's all good. High school kids are great. Um, but can I can I ask what position you played when you when you were in college? 
Yeah, in college, I played mostly as a center back and outside back. I kind of, over the years, got moved further and further back. <laughs> I started out as a striker and then played kind of on the wings and then moved to outside back. And by the time college rolled around, I, I kind of was a little beaten up by that point. I had some sort of niggling injuries that lasted the whole time I was in uh, in college and kind of all I could really play at that point was center back. So I wasn't, I wasn't the most mobile anymore. Well, you just, you could read the game really well. So like, you know, you saw it from everywhere. Yeah, exactly. When you, when you can't move very well, you got to read the game well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I played three years, uh, three years at, at Tufts back, back East. Okay. So you, you weren't in Southern California for that. So, um, uh, and in no, no. us college soccer, much different than I think than some people realize, cause it's, uh, I think at that point still rolling substitutions, right? And yeah, and just a really phys- it's a really physical, like fast paced kind of end to end game. I I think, and you can tell me if I'm wrong because I didn't play it. No, I think my big takeaway was you know I grew up in uh, as mentioned in, in Northern California where you get a lot of sort of the Latino influence on the game, and you know I, I played with kids who played on the El Salvadorian national team who you know went pro in Mexico, things like that, and you kind of play that you know, a little bit more skilled, um, technical game. And then going from that in warm Northern California to, I played D3, D3 college soccer is very physical, very about athleticism. Um, definitely got my butt kicked a little bit doing that. So that, that was also just sort of a big change that you go from sort of playing in this way where it's really focused around keeping the ball and, and, you know, playing a very technical game to going to playing with, you know, a large group of athletes. Yeah. Um, big, big difference in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned Tufts. I think, I think I work with a guy who went there, but we won't talk about that. Um, right now. It's not, not a different podcast. Um, well, I will, I will quickly quick plug when I was there, we were horrible, but in the last five or six years, they've won four D three national championships. So okay. we were the trough that allowed them to, uh, to succeed basically <laughs> after that. Nice. Nice. And it's not like, uh, it, they didn't, they didn't get draft picks after that, but they just figured it out. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They fired their coach, they fired the coach and brought in a new coach. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I do work with a guy who went there. I just looked on his LinkedIn account, uh, but anyway, um, so, I mean, you started supporting Saints around the same time I did, and, and I imagine our, our uh, kind of high and low points will be similar. But, I mean, is there a player that, that drew you to the team or somebody that stood out since you, you first started watching? Yeah, I mean, I think the player that, that I liked most when I got into them was Morgan Schneiderlin. Um, I, I, I love and appreciate sort of like a, a center midfielder who can do kind of the dirty work and is also pretty cultured on the ball. And, and he was, I think kind of the epitome of that when he was at his peak. Um, so I thought he was just so cool and, and just so great when we had him. And then, I mean, obviously I, I, this is not going to surprise anybody, but you know, from the day we signed him or actually from the first time I saw him play, like Virgil van Dyke was just at another level. Sure. Um, and so getting to watch a player who we kind of brought in in a pretty unheralded way, recognized pretty early, he was pretty great. And then now for him to go on to be the best defender in the world. And I, I just don't think there's anyone at his level right now is, is pretty amazing. So that was, you know, it's hard not to look, I mean, obviously Liverpool, 
you know, I have a lot of feelings about sort of how they've gone about their business and taking a lot of our players, but seeing him sort of succeed at the level he's succeeded at, um, I think is a vindication in, in certain ways because he really is just an outstanding soccer player, football player. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, there, there's no denying that. And, and I, I, I struggle with that too sometimes because it's like, am I allowed to say they're good because they're good? And am I allowed to say I enjoy watching them play? But really at the end of the day, like it's, it's called the beautiful game. If they're playing at that, that level, um, you should try to just enjoy it and then hate them uh, secretly on the inside. Um, and then whenever anybody asks you about it. Um, so I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, saints have been playing, I, I want to say amazing football, but they've been playing really, really well over, over the past couple of weeks. And this is really since the restart, kind of the the first time that I think we're starting to see something that, that we can truly be excited about as fans, just in terms of what's happening on the pitch, because, you know, we, we kind of both started watching, uh, under Pochettino and then had Kuman, And then we kind of went through this kind of trough of, um, you know, pretty bad football, pretty uh, unexciting stuff and, and, and signings not working out. And we're still kind of suffering the, the, uh, uh, I guess the repercussions of that. But I mean, now would you say that, that what we're seeing is, is starting to, to reach that level of, of excitement that you felt when we were playing under Pochettino and Kuman? Yeah, I, I think for sure. I think, I think most fans would probably say the same thing that it is, it's a, it's a, it's a point where we're at a point where it feels a little bit like it's fun to watch again. And I think, you know, especially, I don't know for you, but especially for me for these last few matches, you know, knowing that we've kind of wrapped up safety and, and yeah, going into the restart, we were pretty close, but you know, sort of what we've done since then has really just cemented it and, and gone above and beyond it, it's an opportunity to, to watch. And it, it does feel a little bit like, playing with house money and you kind of there's really not much to lose. And so you go in and watching these games and, you know, I think I, I mentioned earlier too when we were chatting that, you know, if they'd lost two one, okay, they gave a good account of themselves and, you know, De Gea makes a great save on Redmond. Okay. Maybe that was the chance and we did all right and you can live with it. And, you know, but then they, they just, there's something to them now where it's not over till it's over. And, and I think up until, you know, the, the last little bit, that hasn't been the case for us. Right. We've been the team that concedes that late goal. We've been the team where, you know, it seems like everything goes against us at the last moment. So it's, it's fun to kind of be able to, to have that. And to I think having a little bit of experience with the down, you know, like you said, neither of us are, are as familiar with with how it can go but having had a little bit more experience with the down you you appreciate when it's good a little bit more and you know going into these last three matches of the season it's kind of you know i'm I'm excited just to see who plays what we do you know it it just feels very positive and open-ended and it's been a long time since that's been the case yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um so i guess let's let's go back because uh we had a Patreon only episode that some people would have heard, but it was mostly a build up to this game. And we talked a little bit about the draw at Everton. And, and I think, you know, I was going into Everton kind of really, once again, like thinking there's a chance for us to get something here, but also recognizing that they had some parts of their team that could probably um, hurt us a little bit. And and I think a lot of times that that was Rich Arlison simply because yeah. strikers of uh, like that tend to give us problems. And, 
I would say that the the one thing I was holding on to was that we we seemed to deal with Dini pretty well uh, in the Watford game, and he he did he wasn't able to bully our center backs, which I thought was great. Um, but I think just having two center or, or sorry two center forwards to deal with, not two center backs, but two center forwards to deal with, uh, and then there's the the pace and the skill of Richarlison and that combination along with the the things he does off the ball, I think really did did cause us some issues and. When they were direct, we we proved we were still vulnerable, and I think that showed up against Man United as well today. Yeah, yeah, I think the the, the those quick counters I think are showing up as as something that are tricky for us to deal with. the The second goal I think was a, another good product of that sort of you get past the first couple lines of the press, and then you can run at us a little bit. I mean, I I, I got to say I thought you know the goal actually that that Everton scored that Richarlison goal was a great goal. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of Good movement from both the strikers. If I'm, you know, as a former center back, as Benaric, you see Calvert-Lewin make the run kind of in behind Stevens. Stevens doesn't see it, so you have to go with him. And Bertrand's not really there on the back post, so Richarlison's open. And a good, like, I kind of just tipped my hat and said, all right, that was a good goal. You know, sometimes you give up good goals, but, yeah, Richarlison, he always, he always scores against us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's one of those players. I I don't want to see him on the team sheet against Saints, and um, yeah, and, and I think sometimes it's it's important to recognize that not every time another team scores, like we have a mistake that we have to hang somebody out to dry on. You know, um, yeah. Sometimes other teams are just good, and that's that's okay. And that that was uh, I, I think it was super direct. I want to say it was like it was like three or four passes, and that was it. Um, yeah. And and it, 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 it like you said, it just was a a, a great goal and. Um, and I would say, like, I guess for Charleston, the the one big difference between him and Dini is just the pace, right? Like, is is that it? Yeah. And the fact that he had a partner to work off of as as well. Yeah, I mean, I think he's also just a little bit more crafty and a little bit more skilled. Dini, I mean, I, I, there's certain things about him that I love. I mean, but he's he feels just the epitome of a direct striker. Mm-hmm. Richarlison, I think, has a little bit more just sort of skill and creativity to him, which is why I think also you saw us, you know foul him pretty heavily and, and, and try to leave a mark on him a little bit to sort of try to blunt that a little bit. Um, and also just going back to that Watford game, Watford just were, they were pretty poor. You know, I think we just <laughs> kind of dominated them in that game and it left Dini pretty by himself and he's not going to be the type who's going to create all by himself. I don't think he's athletic enough to do that in the way that like the person like honestly comes to mind is Mike Mikel Antonio, who, you leave him alone against our center backs and he's just so athletic that he destroys us. Um, Dini kind of needs a little bit more service than he might. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it was a case of him being very up on his own. Whereas Richarlison and Cal- Calvert-Lewin, I think are, are building a pretty good rapport with one another. And yeah, you know, it was a good goal and, and, you know, they, they kind of hit us more on the counter, whereas I think Watford's not really set up to to hit teams, at least the way they were setting up against us. I don't think they were playing Pereira, and there's no De La Feu, so it, it, he just looked kind of by himself up there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, and so, I mean, to come out of that game with with a point, I think what I what I wrote in the newsletter was that, you know, we we played two very different games against Manchester City and against Everton, and wind up with um, you know, winning one that we wouldn't have thought we could win, and then maybe one that we hadn't we haven't won at Goodison in, in forever. It seems like um, I think you have to go back to like 1993 for like a, a a league win there or something like that. But 
Yeah, um, definitely. It precedes us. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, definitely. Um, and then, you know, we, we, we get a draw at Everton and, and I think, you know, definitely happy with it, I guess, at the end, but we, we had a lot more possession. We created we had a lot more chances and, you know, XG and all that stuff. We were, we were the better team on, in terms of that, but they still had chances against us. Whereas Manchester City, we, we were kind of, we pressed for a while. And then as the game went on, we, we kind of uh, just dug in and, and started defending um, kind of deeper and throwing our bodies on the line. And I thought I, I was proud of both performances, but um, all that to say that coming into today against United, a team that is playing very well, I was, I wouldn't say I was confident that we were going to get something, but I, I thought it was going to be a real chance for us to see just how far this has come and, and give us a chance to kind of show um, you know, that the process is working and that the, the players are getting the hang of it, even though I think uh, we definitely saw some tired legs as, as the match went on. Yeah, and I think that's definitely something worth sort of talking a little bit more about, but, but couldn't agree more that, you know, I, I wasn't, I kind of thought, we would, I didn't think we would, we would get a result, but I thought we'd make a good showing of ourselves. And I think for a lot of the match, it kind of looked like that might be the case. You know, I mean, those two goals they scored in quick succession just shows kind of what they can do. And I think that might be the case for them for the next year or two, that they're just going to be able to turn it on when they want to. I mean, they're, they're a good side. There's just no denying it. And, you know, when you have Marshall, Rashford, Greenwood, and, Fernandez and I feel like I'm still forgetting somebody, you know, they're, they're going to score a lot of goals and and they just have that ability to go forward. So if it had ended two one, I think I was thinking like, okay, you know, we, we gave it a good shot. I I think, like you said, we looked pretty tired, but there's definitely, you know, something there that the the players have a lot of belief. I, I think that's a part of it. I think Ralph has instilled that in them. And then, you know, even at the end of the, the Everton game, we looked like the team that was more likely to score. Uh-huh. I mean, and this is the fact that we are using nowhere near the amount of subs that we have available to us. So, you know, and I think you can see that the players are are looking a little tired. So there's just something something else that they're kind of digging into and tapping into that's allowing them to go that little extra bit that, that means they don't give up a goal, you know, against against city and means that they get a goal in the 107th or whatever it was minute against man. U. Yeah. 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 And coming into the United, obviously uh, really rolling um, four wins uh, coming into it. Uh, one draw that preceded the, the, those, but um, you know, we're not, you know, in terms of the form table, we're, we're, we're close. Um, we yeah. picked up 11 points since the restart. They've picked up 14 going into today or no, that includes today. Um, and just, you know, we are we are playing great football as well. But uh, when you took a look at the lineup, was there a concern that, given how hard the team had been running, and and there were I, I, guess, I think signs of of, of tiredness. Uh, I think back to Armstrong even in the City match where he just seemed to be out on his feet and couldn't get the ball clear right at the end, and it was like, oh no, this is this is it, you know. And um, I've seen this movie before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't end well. Sterling in the what is it, the ninety something minute, upper upper corner with Fraser Forrester in net. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, were you at all concerned, given given the fact that it was uh, another uh, kind of unchanged lineup for for Ralph? It's funny. I actually wasn't going into it. I thought, okay, makes sense. We've gotten good results in the last couple of games, and. 
it wasn't, you know, it's not like we played just two days ago. We, we played Thursday, so they had Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. But I think around the 25th minute, I kind of started to, you know, after, after man, you got those couple of goals, you just looked a little sloppy. And I think, it, and that tiredness can often come through as sloppiness, not connecting on a pass you normally connect on, things like that. Um, so it was kind of at that point that I was a little concerned, particularly because it stayed that way. I wasn't exactly sure who we were going to go to on the bench. I mean, obviously he's, he's bringing in long and small bone into almost every match. You know, he, he brought, obviously brought in Obafemi for the, for the winner, but beyond that, I didn't really know who was going to come in. Um, and I would like, I, I, one of the things I would like to see for the, the last few matches is I would like to see Will Ferry and Jake Vokins and Alex Jankowitz in action. I don't know how anything about them beyond that they're, supposed to be decent and, and yeah. maybe one for the future, but I'd like to see them. But, you know, in a game where you're kind of up against it as, as, a, as you know, I thought we might be in this one, I, I didn't really know who we were going to turn to, but again, they kind of just dug in and, and, you know, once it was two one by the drinks break, which I think we looked really tired going into that. Mm-hmm. That's when he took Armstrong off. Once it was too long going into there, I mean, you know, okay, either man, you scores one more, it's over, or, you know, you got 20 minutes where you're only a goal off and who knows what happens. So I think getting to that point was kind of the, kind of the catalyst for, for maybe going that, that extra, extra last bit. Yeah. Um, a couple of, of talking points before we get too far in, into the match, the, the start of the game, once again, saints were, we're executing the game plan. And I was, I was super happy to see that they were up and pressing and forcing yeah. United into mistakes. And we saw Pogba get taken off the ball uh, for our goal, but also, you know, we saw like, we saw that we're just being able to force the chances. And I think um, at some point before Armstrong scored, the only real chances that were created were uh, the, the chance that Martial had because, uh, James Ward-Prowse just decided to go Gerard-esque and just leave the ball there. Um, <laughs> and then McCarthy kind of comes up and, and, and makes that save, which I thought was, that could have been it, you know, that could have just, yeah. that could have set the tone for the entire game. If he, if he puts that in, but McCarthy comes up with a big save and, and I, I was pretty happy because I think the only chances that had been done, we had managed to create a chance that uh, didn't go anywhere but they had created a chance just from our mistake. And we had actually worked the ball quite nicely a couple of times to big diagonals across to, to Kyle Walker Peters. And then um, again, Kyle Walker Peters playing a diagonal across to Ings that uh, Bertram was eventually able to get across in as a result. But I was really happy with the football we were playing. We, we looked like we were not afraid to play against them. And I think that's, that's what I miss. I feel like those Kuman teams were not ever scared to, to play, even if they were going to counterattack, they weren't ever, looking timid on the, uh, on the ball or against opposition. And they, they look like, you know, you're going to have to come and beat us and, and we're going to be physical and, and, you know, cause you problems as well. And I think that's one of the things that I'm, I'm really enjoying right now about, about the team. Yeah. I, I could not agree more, could not agree more. Couldn't, couldn't have sort of said it better that, you know, when the game starts, it's not sort of, okay, we're going to go back into our shell and you know, it's going to be, 90 minutes of us trying to hold on for dear life. And maybe we get one or two half decent counterattacking looks. I mean, in the first 15 minutes, the press, the press worked, it worked well. And I mean, and that's against the team that has players who can play at the level man you have. So 
you know, I think watching that and, and seeing, okay, we're pressing the ball really effectively. We're winning the ball in some exciting places. Yeah, maybe not anything's necessarily coming out of it, but we're at least disrupting them a little bit. It's 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 fun to watch that. Yeah. And and it, it's, again, even if nothing comes of it, you can see what they're trying to do, which I think, you know, at times over the last couple of years has been direly lacking. Like, what are we trying to do? What is the game plan? Yeah, yeah, it, it's... And there were times in the past couple of seasons where you just there you couldn't there was nothing recognizable about the team. Um, and the, the 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 possession we could have all the possession in the world and we wouldn't create a, a single chance. And that was that was super frustrating for a lot of people, um, myself included. Um, but I, I thought today, you know, you you look at that United lineup and you you kind of went through it earlier. But that 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 pace that the the front three and and have, and then you add in. The, the creativity that Fernandez has brought to them and the kind of freeing up of Paul Pogba to kind of yeah. get box to box while you have a, you know, and an, well, obviously aging, but a reliable holding midfielder there. Um, you know, they look more complete than I think I've seen United be since I've been watching really. And, yeah. and, and they are scary, but I thought we, we, like we said, we just, we stood toe to toe with them. We, we, you know, Ings did what Ings does. He he pressured people. He he was the guy who created that goal for for Armstrong and to even yeah. create create the chance at all. And I think that that says something about about what we were able to do. And um, the fact that Fernandez was so quiet today and Greenwood was quiet and like that yeah. that means a lot. Um, uh, on the other side, you know, Kyle Walker Peters maybe had uh, coming back down to earth a little bit after playing out of his skin a couple of games. But we'll we'll kind of get to that. Um, so, I mean, we go up, let's talk about that goal a little bit. Um, I mean, were you surprised that it's Danny Ings tracking back to to pick the ball off of, of Pogba there or no? I mean, not really. At this point, like, can you be surprised by anything he does? Like, he is a one-man wrecking ball. And, and I mean, I, I have to say when, you know, we were going for the second goal, I mean, I, I thought for the life of me, he was going to be the one to score. Yeah. And I don't think... That's I've ever felt that with anybody we've had, you know, even sort of I, I came in on the latter years of Lambert and the and the Pella days, you know, it wasn't always him who's, who's, who scored the, the goals when it counted. But right now, I mean, you just you bet you bet you bet on him. I, I bet yeah. the house on him that he would be involved in some type of way. And I think, yeah, he disrupts the, the just disrupts the game. The ball falls kindly to you know to Redmond who puts it in for for Armstrong. Good finish. Like that just feels like one of the ways we we work right now. And no, I, I wasn't surprised at all to to see him involved. And then not long after that, you had Adams take the ball off Pogba at around the halfway line, and you know lacking a little bit in the final final third. But you know it kind of happened again. And you're like this. They're clearly doing something that's disrupting the flow and, and working. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Adams there. If if the ball is a little more crisp to Ings, then you know perhaps we, uh, you know, we find ourselves two nothing up. But uh, it didn't quite work out. And I think you can see Adams getting better each game, but you can still see the the big difference between him and Ings. And I think if we had if he was playing along another striker who wasn't quite as good, who wasn't doing all of the other things, that Adams would look a little bit better. Um, but the the quality of Ings is definitely kind of shining through and. And Adams is getting there, and I'm glad that he's getting a run in the side uh, right now because I think it's gonna it's gonna benefit the, the club in the long run um, as he gets better and better, especially now that we're safe and he has time to work in the system and 
Ings is going to tell him where to be. And that's, that's what we need, I think, from him. Agreed. I, I think my big concern with him is on the ball, he's a little, I don't know another way of putting it, but like a little clunky, mm-hmm. you know, a heavy touch, uh, a pass that doesn't look like the hardest pass, but, you know, maybe a little too far ahead of someone. He's just not the... He's not the most smooth on the ball. And I think maybe that comes back with getting more time, more minutes. I think he looked a little fatigued today. Um, I think Obafemi, when he's on, is a little bit better on the ball than he is. But, you know, there's obviously been so many consistency issues that have come up with him that I feel like we keep hearing about. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think Adams Adams looks like he could be the, the you know, the next Shane Long. And, and, I, and I know that's not necessarily a glamorous or, or necessarily exciting role, but in Ralph's system, I think it's one we need, you know, a hardworking striker who puts people under pressure and can hold the ball up effectively and do a job. And, you know, hopefully he can continue to grow on the ball and we'll see, but you know, he's at least proven enough to me that I think we should give him some more time. Yeah. Well, and at one point under Kuhn, Long scored ten goals in the in a Premier League season. So, yeah, you know the goals may may well be there. Um, people forget that you know we had we spread the goals around quite a bit uh, under yeah. Kevin, which was really really nice. Um, I remember that one year, like he just couldn't miss. It was great. It was wild. <laughs> and then you obviously, you know, for the last couple of years have had kind of the opposite. Yeah. But I, I mean, again, you always know you're going to get something from him, and I I think. Adams feels like he has a little bit of that. You're always going to get 60 hard minutes from him. I, I, I feel like that, that you're starting to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about the first United goal because, you know, we, we had played really well up until then. And I almost think our goal kind of woke them up a little bit and they started to, to play much better. And, you know, we had a warning shot that was fired because Rashford, I think was offside. Um, yeah but you could see how fast they can, they can accelerate. And, and, you know, the Aaron Wamasaga not, not known for, for being an offensive force, but manages to kind of take three defenders and just force the ball through. I heard the announcer here say like, you know, great footwork from him. I didn't really see that. I saw more of like a clunky touch and we're just going to, we're just going to make sure it's going to go somewhere. And, and they wind up with the ball and, and, you know, eventually the cross goes in and Martial does well, I think to hold off, uh, I'm not sure if it's Bednarak or Stevens, but we we just can't get it clear. And then I was a little concerned because uh, Kyle Walker Peters wasn't wasn't there. Maybe he got sucked towards the ball a little bit because it was kind of there to be cleared or won, and he just didn't get there. Uh, and Rashford buries it, and and just like that, it's one one. Um, I mean, isn't that just one of those? That seemed like one of those goals that we would concede because it was it, it seemed simple enough just to get the ball clear, but maybe in reality, it's, there's a little more to it. Yeah, I felt the same way. I mean, it was one of those where on another day, maybe that like that ball in from Pog was a, a good ball, but maybe on another day it, it hits Oriole in the head. You know, Oriole's in the right position. It, it's a whipped in ball. And, you know, maybe on another day, Ben Eric is able to step in and, and head it clear. But it's one that finds Martial's feet. He, you know, he does a pretty effective job holding it up. And, and, yeah, I mean, yeah, you get sucked in as a as an outside back there, what what with Walker Peters, but again, it's another one where it's hard for me to be like, you know, I think we did something particularly wrong. It's just sometimes, you know, the ball goes in against you and I think that my only thing there is with that goal would be, you know, you sometimes see 
you know, I think Martial does a good job of holding Stevens off, but I think it sometimes it, it shows a little bit. I, I think Jack Stevens has been incredible. And I think love what he's doing for just the, the back four and just being a leader within the club, but he's not the, he's not physically the strongest right. and, you know, Martial's not the strongest guy either, but he's able to hold him off there. And, you know, he goes down and at first there's a question or, you know, is there even a penalty there? So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I think you kind of just have to like recognize for us, we don't have, you know, the, the, we don't have Virgil van Dijk. We don't have the, the best sort of center backs in the world. They, they do a very good job for us. And, you know, unfortunately that means teams that have good players going forward are going to score goals against us sometimes. Yeah. But the reality is right now we're in a position where we also are pretty good going forward. So yeah, it, it kind of just happened. And I, you know, didn't, didn't make too much of it either way. Okay. Like you said, it, it is one of those things. It just seems like that in the past, the goal that, that when the ball is there and, and can be cleared, we just can't seem to get it clear. But, we could have easily already been down given the, the, the save from McCarthy. So maybe kind of all it, it evens out as yeah. time goes on. And I think the more consistent we get, the more often that the chances will seem to even out for us. Whereas there for a long time, it seemed like everything that could go in against us went in against us. And, and of course we remember those times more so than, than when we get lucky and maybe get let off the hook a little bit. So you know. yeah, I could not agree more. And if, if we were, in 16th or 17th, I would definitely probably be preaching a different tune. Sure. Um, but, you know, I think when you sort of are, are at a position when you're able to perhaps, it doesn't feel so life and death in a way, because um, it's it's not. We're not going to be relegated this year. Yeah. You know, when goals go in, it's you kind of say, okay, what happened there? And sometimes there's clear mistakes, but sometimes there's there's not. And, you know, you just give up a goal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do want to just mention something about our, our, our center backs and, and our fullbacks is you start looking around at, at heat maps and, and things like that. And uh, Bertrand was forward a lot. And if you our, our center backs they're, they're they were mostly operated outside of our own penalty area. For the most part, we were, we were, we were holding a fairly high line against a very yeah. pacey front three, which is dangerous, but we seemed, I mean, we did allow two goals, but they came in quick succession and almost like we didn't really have time to reset from the first one. But, um, you know, I, I thought, you know, we, we were, you could hear Ralph kind of yelling on the TV because there's no crowd to, to push up and press forward. And we kept doing it and, and, you know, the guys are getting better at it, which is, I think is, is a, is a big thing that I'm, I'm pretty excited about. Both of those guys are really good at playing and cutting out passes, like the balls into strikers. They, with a high line, they're both really good at that. It does mean sometimes they get beat for pace behind, but they're, they're good at that. And I think, Again, it's kind of like you 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 play with what you play within your constraints of what you have, and yeah, sometimes that means you're gonna, you know, if it wasn't for Bertrand getting across on the one where he he blocked it, you know, that was a good example of us perhaps playing with a high line and getting in behind and looking like they were gonna score. But you know, the, both Ben Eric and and Stevens are good at cutting out passes and reading the play, looking forward, and I think you just say, okay, that's what they're good at. Let's let, let's let them do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, United's second goal comes very quickly after this, and this is, I think, one of the first times that, that Pogba had any time on the ball, um, and and not exactly the same as the as the Everton goal, but very quick back to front, not not a whole lot of time there, and, and Pogba kind of drives in the midfield, and they get the ball out wide, and um, I mean, 
a good goal, but I think also that, that Walker Peters doesn't do enough there. And he's been praised so much um, for kind of what he's done in terms of uh, in the team so far since he's come in, because he has been, you know, miles better than, than Valerie. But today, maybe a little, a little more of a, a, of a reckoning because you're coming up against a guy who's very, very good and Marcus Rashford and who's not going to give you anything. And, and he just seemed to have a kind of a horrible time. And I think uh, he's going to come in for some criticism on that goal. And, and I think Stevens has to a little bit as well, because there's nobody there um, kind of, uh, I guess, getting in, in, getting close enough. I think it's Martial, not Rashford this time, but um, you know, just, I mean, do we, do we, do we think there's a little bit more there to criticize on the second goal, maybe than as a whole team for not, not pressing and not closing down. And then, Kyle Walker Peters uh, individually for maybe not not doing a better job there. You know, it's it's a fair point. I think I, I'm trying to recall back to the replay. They get through the press pretty quickly, and I think that's where you, I, I think you can see Ralph's pretty upset at that point. They they played through us pretty pretty easily through the midfield, and then you do have you know you're in that one on one position. I've seen us give up give up that goal before. You know, I think. Um, I feel like Sadio Mane actually has scored almost that exact goal earlier this year where he's running at the back four, cuts in. We're not quick enough with the center back to step to him and they score. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a a tough one because I think one of the things I thought, man, you did a pretty decent job with was they, they overload, I think, that side a little bit. They have Shaw push up. You have Rashford out there and then Martial because he's right-footed also kind of comes out on that side, which leaves, I thought Walker Peters, you know, was definitely left exposed a few times, but not necessarily by his own doing just because there were people were there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's a tough one. They play through the press and it really is almost even numbers going into it. You know, he, he cuts into his right at that point, you know, Walker Peters is pretty toast and yeah. You probably want Stevens or Ben Eric, can't remember which, to, to step and, and try to get something on it. But, you know, again, sometimes good players score nice goals. But I agree. I think we pro- he probably could have used a little bit more support there. And sure. that's the vulnerability of the press is that if you play kind of, you know, I, I saw Carl Anka mention this, you know, play either over it or around it. You know, you, you get you're, you're a little bit exposed. And I think that's what happened there. Yeah, there are ways to beat it, and and United showed that, and and we've seen it, and and that's never going to go away. I mean, City and Liverpool, they like to press as well, and sometimes teams get through them. That's just kind of the way the game is played, and so that's that's okay. Um, you 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 if you cut out enough of the individual mistakes and and make the the pressing as efficient as possible, you'll you'll limit those chances, but sometimes they're still going to be there. So, um, I mean, I can't I can't I wasn't I can't complain about uh the the way we held them today because for the most part we were the better team i think our xg is 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 much better um the chances they 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 had weren't as good and we had a lot more and we just had a lot more control of the game i think uh, even given the legs and and how things went uh eventually but um you know after that and uh, we went in the drinks break even the first drinks break i think people were looking a little bit tired um yeah and and the the rest of the first half kind of just went by. There wasn't, uh, other than maybe, you know, uh, tracking back and, and, and picking off Pogba again. I, I, I think that's kind of the, the extent of that going into halftime. But I, I, I would imagine that there would be some sort of um, change coming shortly after halftime, given, given what we saw. But uh, like you said, I don't think we really can complain about the first half. I thought 
the pressing was good. I thought the chance that was taken by Armstrong was good. Um, and I thought we just started to drop off a little bit. And I think I would have to say it was, it was due to, to just the number of minutes in their legs at this point, uh, given the, the layoff and, and coming back and having it in such kind of short succession. Yeah, hundred percent. I think the next kind of after that second goal, the, the next 30, 35 minutes, you know, I, I'm, I love having football back, but I think it was, I had the thought almost that like, I feel like this maybe was kind of what they were worried about what might happen when sort of matches would come back. It was very disjointed. You know, the quality was a little bit lacking. I mean, even the fact that, you know, we, we were going with an unchanged team for three games. They were going with an unchanged team for their fifth straight. So I think there was, it just felt like a tired football match. And I think there just wasn't, there wasn't that much there. It felt like there were a lot of fouls, you know, it kind of got a little touchy at one point with Stevens picking up a yellow, then Walker Peters picking up a yellow. It just felt like it kind of was, you know, just a, 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 some, some tired legs having played a lot of football in a, a short span of, of matches. And that kind of part of the match just, you know, I think the fact that we didn't concede there was, was really huge. There, the only chance that comes to mind that they really had was the one where there's two where the one where Martial kind of somehow gets through and, and puts the shot high and wide. And the one where Bertrand gets across to, to, to make that nice block. But, you know, aside from that, there, there wasn't that much in the match. Yeah. And it, it just, you know, sometimes I think I, you know, maybe we'll talk about this later, but like, I have no idea what we're going to do Thursday and Sunday because we look pretty gassed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to kind of have those be sort of somewhat less meaningful matches because, you know, some of those guys are, have put in a lot of hard minutes, but yeah, those, those next 30 minutes kind of were just like, all right, well, you know, kind of even, I would say for the most part, I, I, you know, I kind of thought maybe you'd see man, you really push and get a third. And then, you know, at that point, the match is probably for all intents and purposes done, but yeah, they seemed almost content with two, one and it kind of just went from there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, through that point in the through the drinks break, I think in the in the second half, no shots on target in during that period from halftime to there. Um, mm. We had the the Kyle Walker Peters handball, which just seemed lazy, but also he was out of position and was that was going to be bad. Um, yeah. So that happens, but you can just see that that kind of creeping in. But um, and then I think we get into the Kyle Walker Peters legs are tired because Rashford just tears them apart uh, over over the next kind of. 15 20 minutes but yeah um that that is what it is and then you know the uh, i think a turning point in the game is is Luke Shaw who um has has had his struggles at, at United since he got there um in the team and, and really was was held back um for for large periods of the game he wasn't getting forward nearly as much if you look at the heat maps for the United players and their fullbacks versus our fullbacks were pressed uh, much farther forward than than they are um he gets injured. He tries, tries to run it off. He can't do it. Williams comes on and in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer didn't use all of his subs, but he used all of the opportunities to introduce substitutes. Yeah. So they're, they're out of that point. Um, and, and I don't know, it, it does wind up making a difference in the end because they wind up having to go off and his him and Kyle Walker Peters have this, uh, clash of heads. But uh, I just wanted to say just like one thing. Um, I've been, I'm a really big fan of like cushioned headers from, from center backs. Um, just 
when they're kind of running with the the striker and they just decide I'm just going to nod this back to my other center back or my my, yeah. my holding midfielder or whatever. It's like the most casual looking defensive action. It's and it just I I I really appreciate it. I don't know if you appreciate it, but I wanted to make sure I I, I saw that today and I wanted to make sure I got that in there. So um, there, there was there one I think I can't remember it was Walker Peters or someone. When you're running with your back to goal at a full sprint and then kind of having to slow yourself up to head the ball like in the opposite direction, it's really hard to do. I, I agree that those are, those are nice when you see those pulled off well, because it's very easy to miss, miss that header. And then there's somebody in running behind you. I think right. I can't remember who was either Walker Peters, but one of the center backs had one where, you know, you got that guy right on your back and it looks like maybe the ball's going over you, but you kind of just get enough on it and their momentum carries, carries them past it. Right, right. It was Walker Peters today. Uh, I think Stevens had one as well. Um, I think Van Dyke had the most ridiculous one earlier this week where he just kind of nodded it back to himself. Um, yeah, I, I remember that one. <laughs> but once again, that's, that's just a guy who's really good at his job doing that. Um, so, so then going in kind of to the, the, the final nine minutes, it was kind of looking like this was going towards the us losing after having played pretty well, but obviously been tired. And I think that could have been the, the narrative. And I think all the journalists would have been writing that uh, you, you feel for Carl a little bit this week because this is actually his team against the team he covers and that he also loves. And then we're going to do this to him uh, at the very end. But I thought we were, we were kind of going forward better in that, in that kind of final 10 minutes, we were actually pushing forward. And then, the injury happens where they do the right thing, which I think is one of those things in, in, in football where you want to make sure you take care of the players. And it was, I think good for United not to throw him back out there and say, go, go defend the lead because he was obviously hurting. Um, but it does. And people will have probably have questions about this. And because it happened to man United, I think the, the bigger teams or the bigger networks will talk about it, you know um, where maybe there has to be some sort of rule change for people who are hurt. Um, but you know, having that that kind of late, uh, I guess, drive by Saints, I didn't see it coming because they just looked like they were out on their feet for for a good portion of that second half. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I hadn't thought about the point you made about sort of the with the subs rules, what that means. But I think it's a really good point. Also, completely agree that it was actually nice that you know someone who is clearly not right didn't get thrown right back in. You know, I think he, yeah, I think he had some blood on his kit and. Look like maybe he broke his nose, maybe he was concussed. Like, great, let's not throw them back out there. You know, I think soccer, football, oftentimes you see guys kind of get cleared out and they go back out there and you're like, that just can't be the case. So I uh, agree with that. You know, I'm, I'm glad they, they did that from a safety of the game perspective. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. And also I, I want to give a quick, like, I thought Will Smallbone was great. I don't know how many times he touched the ball. I mean, I maybe think he was on the ball maybe 20 times. I, I don't. I'd be surprised if he gave the ball away more than, you know, any, I don't know if he gave the ball away. And I think I see him play. He comes in for Armstrong, he kind of tucked in a little bit more centrally, but just brought, he brings a quality on the ball. That's really, really high. And I thought we kept the ball a little bit better when we brought him in. Armstrong was looking pretty leggy as he can tend to do and, uh, towards the end of matches. And, and I thought, you know, we'd started to control the ball a little bit better got the Redmond chance to, Hey, makes a good save. And, you know, then kind of Williams goes off hurt and you're like, all right, well, who knows? You know, it, it just kind of felt at that point it was, you know, I don't want to say 50, 50, but it could kind of go either way. And I think 
yeah, full credit to Ralph for, for pulling, bringing on Obafemi for, for Oriole. You know, I, I thought it was pretty telling. I don't know if you were planning on talking about this. I thought it was pretty telling that uh, Pierre did not play. Yeah. Because, you know, I think that was a match that very easily, you know, the last 35, 40 minutes, you could probably say, okay, you take off Oriole, you bring on Pierre, who's a little bit more, you know, forward-minded. Um, it stuck out to me that that didn't happen. And... Yeah, you know, then they, they, they put apply some pressure, win a corner, and get a goal. Yeah, yeah, I think the big thing with Smallbone is his, you know, he comes in originally for Armstrong, so he's playing kind of that, uh, you know, the, the inside 10 or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I'm not sure he's as good there as he is when he's playing next to Ward Prowse or in that kind of central midfield role. But I agree. when they bring Obafemi in, you see him kind of shift back and you go, okay, but really, that, I mean, we're going for it at that point because we have three strikers on the pitch um, plus Redmond who has played as a second striker before. And, and we are, uh, you can see Ralph's purpose. He's not here uh, to lose. He's not here just to see it out. And I think that, I mean, that's, that's so nice to see because once again, we're not just along for the ride. We are, we are here to punish teams. We are here to kind of make ourselves known. And I think like if, if we need any more kind of signaling from him and from the rest of the team that this is what we're doing and the guys on the bench, like, this is what, this is how we're going to approach the game. And I think that's, I mean, I had this baseball coach, we just call him coach Hardass, but like, um, he instilled this kind of, and it's our, our, all the, of the seasons he was, he was around us is like, your approach to the game has to be this way every single day. And we never, we don't take innings off. We don't take minutes off. We don't just say, Hey, this is the end of the game. And you know, this is United. So they're supposed to get the points here. That's not why we're here. And I think all of that kind of comes into Michael Obafemi being at the back post when we have that, that late, late corner. And, um, you know, I think Lindelof making a mistake playing him on side, but it doesn't matter because uh, Obafemi, I think two touches, one goal, and you, you call it good and, and you take your point and go home and say, you know, sorry, United, you don't get to be in the top four just because you're, you're Manchester United. Um, by the way, you know, that's the second draw this with us this year. Um, we also beat Manchester city. So like, you know, all, you can have all of that. And, and, and here we are. I completely agree. I mean, I think I, I, it's funny. You look at the, you look at who we've played and who we've beaten over the course of the year. I mean, we've beaten Tottenham, Chelsea city. We've drawn United twice. Um, you know, Liverpool, obviously we, we didn't get anything from those. In Arsenal, we well, we got a draw in the first one, did we, or did we lose that game? I can't remember when when they got the late goal. I think we drew that match, but we've taken points from you know just about everybody. And you know if if you're able to kind of bloody people's noses like that, and I think that this was a match where we definitely did that. It was we were very physical, and I think bordering there were a couple times where I was a little worried, you know, Ward Prowse on a yellow, and there were a couple moments where I thought maybe we would pick up another red, but you know, we're a team that's becoming hard to play against. I think what you're talking about is we're, we're proactive in our approach. You know, we know how we're going to play and that's how we play. And it just makes a huge difference. And, you know, when you kind of go about doing things the right way, like, which I think is what you're getting at, you know, good things happen. And it's, it's nice to sort of be experiencing that right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and at the end of the day, I think we were just, I'm happy not that we got a point. I'm happy with the way we approach the game and the way that I think it's, I'm ho I'm hopeful and I could be completely wrong and, and thinking that the shift is, is happening. It's definitely, I think it's taking hold and, and the team is, is changing, not necessarily in the makeup. And I'm sure 
as players come in that that fit Ralph's system a little bit better and we can get rid of some of the players who obviously aren't going to to, to fit in and, and aren't in Ralph's plans. And we get guys like Buffal and, and Janapo that are healthy and can come in and contribute late in the game. I think we'll be I think we'll be good. I think we'll be better. And I think I, I want to get to the point where teams don't want to play us. They don't look at Southampton on the fixture list and go like that's three points, you know? Um, yeah, and I think right now I don't think anybody wants to to play us. And as long as we keep approaching things like this, um, I think it'll be good. I think the one thing that we maybe be might be a, a worried about is is Ralph may just run these guys into the ground this season yeah. when it when it you know it's kind of like you kind of want to look at him and go like, hey man, like it's over. But like that's just not how he is. Yeah, I think that's I completely agree with that. Again, it kind of goes back to like what are what. You play two two more matches this week. Like, what are we gonna do? <laughs> yeah. Like, who's gonna play? Because I mean, I can't imagine James Ward-Prowse can play every minute of the season. So maybe you have Hoiberg come in. Maybe you have Smallbone come in. But I mean, it just looks like a lot of tired players. We don't have anybody else really at the at the tens. Um, as as you know, as you mentioned, there's no Buffal. There's no Gineppo. There's just a lot of guys who played a lot of minutes. So. Yeah. You know, I think I, I, it's also one of my, my biggest complaints with Ralph, and I love him. He's fantastic. Is sometimes I feel like he's a little late to make subs. Um, that's literally the one thing I've complained about him in the past is that, like, you know, I feel like he, he sometimes is just, he lets his guys, lets them run themselves into the ground a little bit instead of making subs a little bit more proactively. And I guess we'll kind of see what happens over the, the remaining three matches, you know, when there's really, you know, there's, it's just, there's not that much to play for. I don't think we're going to catch. I think the only team realistically that will likely catch is Everton, who I think we're tied on points with. Then I think there's a five point gap. So, you know, that's, that's going to be tough to make up with only three matches left. So I, I'm really curious to see what happens in these last three matches. Yeah. We're, we're level on points with Everton. Um, just a couple of goals behind them. Uh, because if you didn't know, we lost a match nine nil this year. Um, and that has definitely yeah. hurt our goal difference. Um, but anyway, uh, so not a lot of time for listener questions this week, simply because we didn't have a lot of time to get them in because we kind of started right after, uh, the final whistle, but we do have like one question to address. And this comes from Chris Thomas on Facebook, who, uh, is one of the patrons and asked this several weeks ago. And I said, sorry, I missed it. I'll get it on the next one. And then I forgot again. And so here we are. Uh, and so he's going back to some of the goals that we've conceded, um, that they've kind of come through individual mistakes and, hmm. You know, they, they're not, it's not always the same player. Um, but I guess this is going to, I'm going to ask you as a, somebody who's played um, more than just in the park, which is where I get nutmegged uh, re- repeatedly. Um, as a, is there a way that a coach can account for those types of errors and those mistakes? And, and can you coach that out of a player or is there, are there things you can do within a system to kind of cover for that? Or how, how would you approach that? I guess, because we, we talked about a little bit in terms of sometimes people just score really good goals and you just give them credit, but sometimes we do make mistakes and we, we allow those things to happen. So uh, I guess, how do you approach that uh, in in a team where, where sometimes those individual mistakes are there and we're maybe just not quite good enough to overcome them once they happen? Yeah, it's a great question. I think one of the things I would just say right off the bat is I think we are miles ahead of where we were with that. Um, I, I think back to some of the, you know, in the bleaker times, like a lot of the mistakes of just like not kicking the ball out of bounds. The game, the one that comes immediately to mind, or there's two, is the one that Hoyt makes that mistake and they score. 
and then the one against Everton two years ago when we almost get relegated where Bertrand just tries to play the ball off the line instead of just kicking it out. I, I think there's just a, like you, for, for some of it, you just have to kind of do the little things right. Um, and that's coaching. And I think that's actually something Ralph has done a really good job of. Um, so some of it, I think, is it, you can mitigate through coaching. The, for example, the Ward-Prowse one today, I think that's a mistake he only makes because I think he's tired and fatigued. That, that was my sort of immediate reaction. It's like, that's the only way Ward, he's so skilled and, and good on the ball that I just wouldn't expect that from him. Um, so, you know, I think fatigue can play a role with someone like, you know, I think about the mistake that Valerie made that led to um, St. Maxim scoring for Newcastle. You know, some of those are just like, you know, you, you know, you're going to get that with young players. And that's kind of the, you know, the, the cross you bear when you play young players. And, and I think Ben Eric is another guy who's, you know, he's still young. It's probably like 23 or 24, if that maybe, and, and playing center back, you know, you're going to make mistakes. So I think some of it is just you, you, you have to coach that out of them to be safe. And I think you actually see he, you know, Benaric plays very safely a lot of the time when he has the ball. You know, he'll, he'll clear it out even when there's a, another play on. Some of it, I think, is concentration. That's just something you develop as you get older as a, as a pro. Um, some of it just happens because it's a long season and that's the way it works out. And, and then I think some of it, you know, does come from kind of that coaching and the expectations of the player. And I think actually Ralph has done a, a pretty good job of that. You know, there's, you know, the, 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 the McCarthy one, you know, against Arsenal was, was pretty bad, but you know, he's trying to play out of the back. That's something we try, we're trying to do. It looks like a little bit more. So those mistakes will sometimes happen. Yeah. I think it's, 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 it comes a lot of the time down to concentration and, and, you know, that's something I think you develop more of as a, as a player, as you get older. And, and just as a side on that is I think, you know, you touched on Kyle Walker, Peters coming back down to earth a little bit in this game. I, I agree, but I actually thought he was pretty good after the goals. You know, I think he, he kind of kept going and that's not something I feel like we would have seen from Cedric or Jan Valerie after, you know, two goals coming from, their side those kind of players sometimes you know kind of hide when that happens he doesn't seem like he would do that and I think also same with Ward Prowse you know he made that mistake but he was still kind of everywhere today so yeah you know some of his personality of the players as well it, it, you know it's just it's one of those things that you, the mistakes are always going to be there it's just how can you limit them and mitigate them to an extent yeah and, and we should like you know be very clear that Kyle Walker-Peters was up against two players today that have a combined 32 goals in, in, in the Premier League this season. You know, um, he's, he's not up against, uh, you know, and it's not, it's not a, a, a team where there's only, you know, one, one attacker and, and everything's going to go through them or, or any of this. I mean, Martial and Rashford are, are very good players and Rashford especially has been um, one of those guys is really fun to watch. And, and, and he, yeah. he was again tonight fun to watch. Um, unfortunately, it was, it was against us. Yeah, and they play they play well together. Yeah. I think that's another thing. They they both kind of will drift out to that side, and then they they have a good understanding of what the other's trying to do. So it's two against one a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah. So and you know I I, I want to make sure that we we give we give credit where it's where it's due. We don't. I, I hate to. I think sometimes it's it's hard not to fall into the trap of somebody's had a good couple of games, so you don't want to criticize them or whatever. But I think 
you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta criticize when it's, when it's there, but also recognize that he didn't hang his head. And that's a really good point that he was, he, he continued to play. He continued to get forward because he has that job in our system as well. Yeah. Um, and you know, he, he, he was up there doing it. So you gotta be, uh, you gotta give him some credit, um, that way. So, um, I don't know, Alex, I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, you know, some of the patrons were discussing, yeah, it sounds like we're kind of expecting a little bit of a rotation, but Ralph doesn't tend to do that, but it almost seems necessary at this point going into Thursday. Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. And I have no idea what to expect. Yeah. I think I, I, I mentioned earlier, I, I want to see some of these guys play just cause I don't know them. And I, I find that part of the game just fun and exciting but I really have no clue what to expect. I mean, there's a lot of positions where we have kind of the one guy who plays there. And a lot of those guys have played a lot of minutes. And, you know, I would hate for somebody, like I'd hate for us to have a Danny injury at this point, frankly. Yeah. Or James Ward-Prowse injury at this point. So if that means Smallbone plays more minutes and maybe we don't get results in the last three games, I, that might be sacrilegious for me to say, but, you know, I would like to see what some of these kids can do. You know, I think also because it doesn't look like we're going to have any money or much money for the foreseeable future with, you know, kind of what our wage bill is and who we have signed as of late. So, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see us rotate, but again, I, I just don't really know what that looks like, especially because, you know, you hear uh, Buffal and Gineppo might be done for the year. Um, yeah, Valerie might be done for the year. So then maybe do you see Dan sell it right back? I, I just don't really know what the rotation will look like, but I hope to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it will be nice to see some of those other players, hopefully that, you know, some guys may be making their final appearance for the team. Some guys may be making, you know, one of many and, and we'll just have to kind of see how it goes. But, uh, I just want to say thanks again for, for coming on the show and agreeing to do this. Um, it's been a pleasure to chat with you. I hope that you're staying safe. Um, you know, I, I think, during the game, I missed the, you know, the actual news going on and our governor, uh, you know, essentially set us back a couple of levels in terms of shutting things down again. Um, so I hope you stay safe. I hope your family's safe. Uh, cause it's, it's the, the coronavirus is still a, a thing that we have to deal with. And, uh, you know, hopefully at some point we'll be able to see each other in person and, and have a, a beverage of whatever sort, uh, you know, depending on what time of the day it is, we'll, uh, we'll make the appropriate choice. I think. Yeah. Likewise. I, I, Completely agree and, and appreciate you having me on. And yeah, same to you. Stay safe and best to you and your family through all of this. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks. That does it for this week's episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Alex Hart. You can find him on Twitter at Hart Garfunkel. If you are in or around the LA area, want to find somebody to watch a Saints match with once this um, social distancing COVID-19 thing is, is passed, um, hit him up. He's down there. He's ready. Uh, like I said, I'm only three and a half hours away. Uh, we're right there. We're basically neighbors. So um, thanks to Alex. Uh, I appreciate your insight. Appreciate your time. I uh, appreciate your support and I look forward to talking to you again soon. If you'd like to follow this show on Twitter or Instagram, you can do that. We are at SFCDELL underscore IVERY. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. There's no underscore in the Facebook address. If you want to email the show, that's Southampton delivery at gmail.com. 
You can get all that by just going to SouthamptonDelivery.com, which is the show website. Uh, you'll find all of those links, plus a way to sign up for the newsletter. And uh, you'll find links to share for all of the various platforms where the show is available. So if you have a friend who might like the show, you can send them to the website and then they can choose however they want to listen. The show would be very difficult, almost impossible to do without the partners of the show. Uh, You can follow the Southampton page on Twitter at Southampton page or on Instagram at Southampton page one. The logo was designed by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Uh, If you look at his Instagram page, it's very good. And if you look at my Instagram page, it's not as good. That's because he's good at his job. And uh, I'm not so good at my hobby, but that's okay. All music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. And the end of show credits, you listen to right now, is Aim is True by Pottington Bear. We'll be back with an episode for patrons after the Brighton game. We'll be back next Tuesday with an episode uh, in this feed for everybody else. If you're interested in getting all the bonus stuff, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash SFC delivery, where you can sign up to become a patron and supporter of the show. But really, I just appreciate you listening and uh, hope to have you back next week. Until then, from it together, march on.